Hello and welcome to Gundam I Hardly Know Him, the book club style podcast where we tackle every Gundam series, movie, OVA in some order, sometimes not release order, I suppose. Um, and today I'm joined by uh, my two lovely co-hosts who I met on a plane. They're a both, plane. They're both cab- and- they're both cabinet ministers. I had um, I was wearing a pumpkin on my head. That's not important to the wait, plot. Wait, you were pumpkin head? I th- I could have sworn. I thought I was pumpkin okay. head. Yeah, I guess when Pumpkinhead showed up on our flight, you did go up and use the bathroom like mm-hmm. 10 minutes prior, and then you came out, and then you killed all those people. <laughs> um, and I knew that you were still chill, because we're all friends, and we have like a podcast to host, mm-hmm. but I was, um, it was upsetting to say the least, and it made my descent into uh, the Earth Sphere a little bit uh, harrowing. But we did, we did get to ride on the inflatable slide. Oh. The best part of the entire journey and you know to, to be honest worth it it was worth the life totally <laughs> worth it i didn't even know the guy that died but it was worth it because like because you always see it in the pamphlets uh-huh. right you're like oh that, that looks, looks so, so funny much, but you yeah. go so fast and like when i went down like don't tell anybody but i pulled down my pants a little bit so like there was no friction and mm-hmm. i went so dude i saw you i saw you go really Christian. quick yeah i mean i tried to race you the but firefighters yeah, I, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't allow it. I was gone. You know what? I'm I'm a little upset with you guys. Oh, you guys left me behind. Yeah, I'm coming back. Yeah. Like, I'm coming back. I was back. putting my bandage back on. Yeah, I was putting my bandage back on. I looked up and you guys were just gone. Like, dude, what, they what said like form an orderly line, and I just like got to the very front because like I was kind of thinking that other people might have the idea to pull their pants down a little bit so their butt is on the uh, making direct contact with the inflatable side. And, like, you don't want to get, like, the fifth slide down, you know? That's just unhygienic at this yeah. point. And, like, 2021 has taught me nothing, but, like, we kind of have to be a little bit more hygienic the way we approach a lot of things, including totally. the inflatable slide that comes out of the Yeah, plane. because you you could have slid down first yes. with your at, your bare ass. Yes. And then I could have, with my open wound, I could have slid down. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good that point. That would have been good. Yo, that's how my, that's literally how my English teacher got staff. She fucking had to cut her finger off. Can I ask you all a question? Really... What do they call that in the kitchen? Cross-contamination? Yeah, yes, that is cross-contamination. Yes, exactly. um, I want to ask you a question, and I will introduce you, but um, first I have to, it's important that I Not ask yet, this question. Not yet, baby, they no. have to wait. Um, what was more fun about that flight into the Earth sphere? Was it? the slide off of the plane or when that lady yeah. whose husband got shot ran straight into the wall because of her trauma. <laughs> um, I don't know. That was honestly, uh, I was a little bit frightened when you dressed as pumpkin head came out of the <laughs> men's restroom. Um, but like after that late, after you killed that guy and the, the lady like hit her, um, head on the column in grief, I kind of mm-hmm. knew it was one of your classic goofs. So it yeah. like calmed me down a little bit. I don't think my yeah, adrenaline... it really eased the tension in the room. It yeah. eased the tension a lot. <laughs> I could just like, I remembered I had a ginger ale, I had a bag of pretzels. I could just kind of like chill and watch it all unfold. Um, 
So that was like a nice, uh, a nice lull in the action for me. But I think that my adrenaline peaked um, on that flight when I went on the slide because I went so fast. And that was Simon. Not when you got shot. I didn't get shot. I'm Simon. And Christian, what, what about what? What about you? What do you think? Did you prefer the lady running into the wall or the slide situation? I. Well, you know, obviously the lady running into the wall. Um, I was kind of hoping that she just could stay knocked out the whole time. You know, I thought but, I you know, wish she was dead too, Christian. I will not be the first to admit I did wish that she wouldn't wake up. Yeah, I was like, stay down, just stay down. But the you thing know, is, was I hilarious. Knew since it was, just... it was, it was Michael as Pumpkinhead in like. Okay, Michael has these classic fits, and like that, it's like I've known him for a while. I know this, like, and I'm like, I the thing that I told myself to like ease my anxiety was like, if she gets up and tries to like, you know, hug her husband, Michael's probably just gonna shoot her in the head, and like that just made me feel so much better about myself. And sure enough, Christian, what did Michael do? What did Michael just as Pumpkinhead do? That he went, he went a little overboard. When could I? <laughs> I thought he went a little overboard, but like, but like he's crazy. He's like, crazy, like, I like love that. You it. just don't know. I love it. You never crazy. know, man. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. What but, a guess. Yeah. Michael, you should put on Pumpkinhead more often. Well, this is the thing. Like, uh, you all miss this phase, but in college, like, we'd be having like an awesome party, you know, like such a fun yeah. Saturday night party. And then, like, I'd be a couple beers in, and everybody would just be like, where'd Michael mm-hmm. go? Where'd Michael go? Where'd Michael go? Then I would come out as my classic character of Pumpkinhead. 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 I would just terrorize the party. I, I would make I'd make everybody <laughs> I would just absolutely terrorize the party. I'd hold hostages. I'd request money. I'd, I'd ask for political information. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't so much fun after 9-11. It got it got kind of taken too seriously. Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> Got a little hairy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you can be pumpkin. I only love pumpkin head, but you also kind of have to read the room as pumpkin head. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Like, sometimes you come out of the bathroom, you're wearing pumpkin head. Like, maybe you go back in the bathroom and, like, maybe you try, like, like watermelon head cantaloupe. for a little bit yeah, or, you know, but... cantaloupe head. <laughs> That's watermelon fun. head. When Michael puts on what? No, 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 Christian, I've seen Michael's watermelon head one time. You do not like the man that he turns into. He gets really, really horny for, like, fruit, and I hate it. And then Gallagher shows up, and he just, yeah, he's got to hightail it out of there before. Ooh. Oh, yeah, man. Dude, I was watching Call Me By Your Name when, like, you first tried out watermelon head, and damn, that was a fucking brutal experience for me. I think I had to call his wife. <laughs> Um, in case you all haven't realized today, that's another great flick. No, oh, it's true. We should talk about that another another time. But today we're talking. Okay, about, yeah, we're, yeah. Lead us in. Lead us in. We're, we're talking about the uh, the brand new, right off the press, extra extra. Read all about it. It's Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway, released on fucking Woo. Netflix for all of us uh, to enjoy with our ears yeah. and eyes. And um, hell yeah. We're gonna we're gonna just do a little uh, instant reaction, powwow, ooh, discussion. Yeah, that's yeah. better. About uh, about <laughs> the <a> movie. <laughs> <laughs> ooh. <laughs> uh, it's 
It's all good. My fucking, um, my, my manager at, or like the boss of the boss at work, we have like these new interns and she like, we, we were having like a, uh, a meet and greet and mm-hmm. she called it a powwow in an email and she sent an email directly after oh, and she's oh, like, wait, I'm, wait, so wait. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, it's funny. Like <laughs> literally before, yeah. like earlier today, I was listening to something and somebody said powwow it was I was listening to a podcast and i thought i was like oh why did they say that and then i just said it because <laughs> i thought about it so much and that's like it's okay how you our brains are broken it. i yeah. said it dude it's just like yeah. subconsciousness it's in the culture yeah the water uh, unfortunately yeah anyways um but the important thing is to move forward and talk about hathaway's flash slash just gundam hathaway i didn't realize this but they took away the flash uh sean parker got involved played by uh none other than justin timberlake and he was like hey let's lose the flash he was like you know how uh, yeah he was like the facebook let's lose the the now i'm gonna say lose the flash and uh they changed it to gundam hathaway's so there we go that's cool yeah Someone's been reading IMDb. <laughs> so, um, guys, let's let's talk about this movie, Christian. So, can we first talk about? Wait, before we dive into anything, mm-hmm. I want to talk about how we watched it. Like, That's exactly what I was about to say, Simon. Because I want to frame you know the what? fact I that I should trust you more. Yeah, the the I want to talk about how we watched it so badly because I feel like that for me is the experience that that's is sticking with me right now. Um, and, but firstly, I want to, I want to ask Christian, there was a lot of discussion in our group chat about recording this episode and how quickly we wanted to do it. Cause we wanted to watch this movie. Um, so I want to, I want to hear about your experience watching the movie. Um, did you have any snacks? Did you uh, make your mom watch it? Did you time of get, day? Did you get on the big screen TV? Were you able to turn up that volume? What What was the? Paint me a picture what of the scene. What did you do immediately? Immediately before watching it, leading into it. Monet, baby. Monet, baby. You, baby, I tell you what I saw, baby. All right, this movie. Okay. All right. We've unlocked this I, character. <laughs> I got home right from the work. No. Wait, hold on. Oh. No. The, the grind. I, got, I ate a giant breakfast at the Cottage Cafe. Mm-hmm. Shouts out to the Cottage Cafe here in Spokane Valley. Delicious. Got myself an Ace Shouts out to the Cottage Cafe. Oh, my God. Had myself a mimosa, too. Just one of them days. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Came the back. Sauce. And uh, I, I was watching the movie, and I, I caught... The case of the Addis, and I passed out for about two hours, and then I woke up and finished the movie. <laughs> that is was an great. epic first viewing great. experience of yeah. it. I had a little matinee in between. I love it when a movie makes me fall asleep. <laughs> I mean, you know. I had a little mimosa, so the alcohol kind of lulled me to sleep a little bit. Uh, but so I gave it, I gave it a second 
No, in the couch. On it was a beautiful sunny day here in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, it was gorgeous. It was a beautiful sunny day. Um, on uh, in the it Pacific Northwest, you and have nothing uh, to I did give it a second watch through this morning, and I liked it even better the second time. It's it was gorgeous. It's just a gorgeous movie to watch. Hell yeah! No. I'm watching it right now. Yeah, it fucking rules. It's anime in 2021. So, I want to I talk about how I consume this movie, which is Friday night, I'm sitting peacefully at home, considering putting it on the TV, but I was hanging out with my lovely wife and decided not to subject her to a Gundam movie which she does not care about, and I get a text from my Flex. friend, Simon. And Simon says, tomorrow, come over, I'm making blueberry pancakes. So th- oh, the, the guy that I am, I, I get really excited. So I wake up extra early on Saturday. I go for a run to make room for the blueberry pancakes. Beautiful. Humble flex. Clear the head. Humble flex. I, <laughs> <laughs> I then head over to my friend Simon's. Simon's prepared a lovely breakfast of blueberry pancakes, scrambled eggs, and potatoes. There's coffee there. Mm. Uh, syrup. Eric is there. Oh man, it's incredible. Eric, we sit Eric. down and <laughs> I think we play Skate Three for like an hour and a half, maybe. Uh, <laughs> so much fun. We just have so much fun playing Skate Three. At that point, we go. To, we walk down to the corner store to get some beverages. I'm talking three different types of sparkling water. <laughs> <laughs> this bitch <laughs> is walking out like he's a fucking like a top like he's, he's got th- he's got fucking three Michelin stars like walking out with yeah. like fucking Perrier and Topo Chico. I got Topo Chico. I, I got Perrier and I got Liquid Death Sparkling. A variety. Oh wow. Kill, yeah. kill your thirst. Um and then we get back uh, to Simon's and we throw it on the TV, put on the movie. The great thing about Simon's house is that um, he just lets that volume go way up, way more than I would be comfortable uh, doing at my house. Uh, and I love it. I love it yeah. so much because it's not my responsibility. I'm very loud. And um, oh, it's just so nice just to sit there and not have to worry about it. Um, Let it all hang out. And then mm-hmm. we're watching the movie. We're having a great time. We're laughing when it's um, when it's acceptable. We're we're talking about how good it is, <laughs> and then halfway through, Simon makes me some popcorn, and he has this fucked up way of making mm. popcorn that is so good. I'm gonna say restaurant quality mm. popcorn, Michelin star popcorn. What? So yeah. good. I need to get me some make... of this popcorn. It's so I'll, good. I'll, I'll <laughs> leak the recipe on the <laughs> wiggity, on the pod. <laughs> Wiggity, wiggity, yeah. what? Wait, Michael. I'll let you finish your anecdote. Then I'll then I'll let you. I'll I'll uh, supplement your story with my point of view. And um, I just have to say, it felt it just felt like the greatest Saturday morning that I've had as an adult. Like breakfast, video <laughs> games, anime, popcorn. It was just, <laughs> it was truly so nice. <laughs> Um and so that, wow we almost had a as... parallel yeah experience I got beautiful we really did like anime. the That's brunch crazy. leading into it yeah uh, from my point of view I woke up fucking started grinding on these pancakes because I was so nervous about my friend no I'm just kidding 
Um, I woke up, made pancakes. When Michael was playing Skate 3, uh, for the viewers back home, he was fucking bogarting the PS3. It's true. So I was just, um, I was drawing Eric. I really, uh, I got some new colored pencils the day before, so it was literally perfect. And when I went to the corner store, I got a SpongeBob Popsicle. You know the ones that have, like, gumball eyes and look, like, really fucked up? Yeah, they sometimes, Um, yeah, they always come out all messed up and asymmetrical. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Sure enough, asymmetrical and fucked up. I immediately didn't want the SpongeBob Popsicle the second I opened it because people do not buy those things for the flavor. It's I started like those, eating it. Those clones that come out all deformed, you know, because the formula isn't right yeah. yet. It's kind of like that, <laughs> but for Popsicles. Yeah, you know all the clones <laughs> that we see coming out all deformed? No, fucking on Geonosis. They're cranking them out. They're um, cranking them out way too fast. There's something wrong, you know? Cranking like, <laughs> them out. Fuck. Oh, my God. Imagine if, like, in Attack of the Clones, like, Obi-Wan was like, show them to me. And it's just, like, rows of the SpongeBob pops. <laughs> it's, it's like, this is Palpatine's <laughs> army. <laughs> um, And then... Yeah, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, I feel comfortable sharing my popcorn recipe with you. Um, this, uh, credits for this go out to Brian David Gilbert for, uh, posting the original recipe and Nathan Kyle for providing the chili oil. So what you do, um, of course I've iterated on both of them to make it my best. Uh, you start with the chili oil, so you get a wok, okay? It's called wok corn, baby. You get a wok, you put the chili oil on the wok, you mix it about two to one chili oil, uh, with, uh, vegetable oil because the vegetable oil is really like the glue that holds it all together. Mm. Uh, put in like a fourth a cup of popcorn or a half a cup. I don't give a shit. I'm not your fucking mom. You put in um a little salt, a little pepper. This is the important part. You massage it with your hands before it gets hot. Wow. Or if you're a sick fuck like I am sometimes, sometimes I get a little stoned and I want it to feel good. So I turn the burner on low and I massage the warm oil with my hands. It feels great on the fingies, okay? Oh, okay. Then put tinfoil over the top. Start shaking it, okay? Pop, pop, pop. That's what my kitchen sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got yourself a huge thing of popcorn because, like, a wok is probably, like, two gallons of, or maybe even more. Maybe, like, a gallon and a half. But we got, like, a hey. gallon and a half of popcorn. And I thought, Michael, um, I don't know about you, but I think I got the oiliness perfect. Mm-hmm. I think... I usually make it a little less oily, say, if I'm uh, having it on a weeknight and I'm just watching uh, The Sopranos and uh, I could fall asleep at any moment. Um, I make it a little less oily because I don't want all that sin in my stomach, but we're watching a movie. No, this was not health corn. This was this was corn. corn. Mm -mm. Nope. And it it was Mm -hmm. so fucking good. And I have not stopped thinking about it since. And you... Very impressive. If you're at home, Mm -hmm. make make that... do, Do yourself a favor. Make that walk corn. And watch a movie it's just mm-hmm. and do it with your best friend and then tell your other best friend about it over a podcast in the whole world yeah uh but i think we should talk about the the film let's jump in let's do it uh which we came here to, t- to talk about today so let's talk about uh a little bit of hathaways so simon what obviously we watched it together but for the viewers back home what was your impression of the movie just just overall I was repeating this in my head the entire time, and I was just, I cannot believe that this exists in the same universe as 0079. (laughs) Like, it was, like, just 
so like I'm thinking about fucking like Salt Chef and all the hijinks that they get <laughs> up to in like Zero Zero Seventy Nine, which is like I think of all the movies or of all the stuff we have seen it has that like Scooby Doo goofiness to it. Mm-hmm. This did not have Scooby Doo goofiness to it. This was a badass like it was such a good action movie and like a really good um like i don't know it had some good i guess the romance was fine but i mostly just liked it to flesh out the uh i don't know just like the world that it could exist in like the australian continent or whatever Mm -hmm. they were and just what the earth is up to nowadays you know i think it was something like 30 something years after 0079 um but i think that was all the things i liked i the story was a little bit all over the place but i kind of liked it because Mm -hmm. the way that they talked about everything there wasn't like a concrete um there wasn't like a single goal that they were trying to achieve it was more like the start of a revolution by hathaway you know so it was a lot of like really broad strokes of like you know, like, why are they fighting now? It's like, oh, because they, you know, Hathaway, they know that, you know, Hathaway's troops are in this part and they just mm-hmm. want to see what's good. Like, that, there's not a defined goal yet. There's not a doomsday goal like Ch- Charles Counterattack. Like, Charles yeah. Counterattack, there's a very black and white goal. In this one, there, there was kind of like, it's like, stop Hathaway's forces, I guess. And Hathaway's, like, you know goal was kind of like wreck havoc on the earth i guess like there was no um there was no absoluteness of like hathaway's goal was to destroy earth once and for all and like earth's goal wasn't to destroy hathaway's forces once and for all it was like a little bit it was a little bit vague with that sort of thing um which i didn't mind like i think that some people would be like oh there's no plot um which is a valid criticism but i really liked the way that it just allowed us to yeah kind of focus on the environment mm-hmm. and all of the art and all of the cool tricks that anime has mm-hmm. learned over the years because there's a lot of cool like uh smoke and mirrors effects to like indicate movement in space and stuff well, and the, and the like mixed medium so cool, stuff but... like when different settings looked oh. absolutely real uh that i yeah. really yeah. i really love yeah, it yeah when... yeah, yeah like all of the parallax effects when it was in uh the air like you know like parallax is like different um layers of the background is moving at different speeds to uh simulate depth uh-huh. like in mario they do it i think and in like a lot of 2d side scrollers they do it where, yes like, the, back, the background's moving faster. really slow yeah. but the foreground's moving. like i mean they've been doing that that's a trick of animation but like i think they're doing shit where they're like mapping textures onto 3d objects like rendering out the scene in 3d and then going over it again on like a 2d pass like it just looks so but it like didn't look like they were trying to be 3d it was just like the bet i don't know like they they could just make it look hyper realistic but there's this artistic license that they need to take to make it look Mm -hmm. still like anime and still like gundam it was just they did they threaded that needle really Uh really well i think with the look of it they yes uh-huh, you said it exactly right. Yeah. I did want to ask Christian, what did you think about the action um versus our what we've seen so far in our other entries in the in the Gundam franchise? Ooh. That's a good question. Like how does it measure up? Just like how do you feel Compare about the contrast? Oh, yeah, man. just about the style, the, the the style of action in this in this movie. 
Like, I would have to say um, it's reminiscent of War in the Pocket, maybe just because we just watched it. Dude, if we didn't watch War in the Pocket before this, we would be like, what the fuck is happening? Like, Gundam is not a violent <laughs> movie. Like, what is happening? <sighs> what is happening? Um, in that the action is very visceral, and it, it kind of puts you sometimes, it puts your perspective in, in the fight. And um, yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, they're super super well choreographed, especially when uh, Hathaway and uh, Gigi are like running through all that madness and have escaped the yes. um, artillery uh. shells, and like you know, there's people dying right and left, and uh, it's like a dance. Yeah, and I just kept thinking of like. Um, you know, in terms of animating the show and situating the character within these, I think that they did a very good job of uh, moving them through the chaos in a very believable way. Um, but yeah, no, I, it was excellent. Totally. Yeah, I think one thing that came up a lot when Simon and I were watching is just how much we love seeing um, Gundam with guns. Like the whole opening, the whole cold open... And honestly, most of the action is it is like real people, human beings shooting at each other uh-huh. in the opening, which adds a very visceral like anybody could die. Which is really yeah, coming off War in the Pocket is like so similar in the fact that that that's how a lot of the characters die in War in the Pocket is just getting shot with an actual bullet, um, which is just right. different than what we've seen in the previous entries. But one of the things I really liked about the um, the later action is the the Gundam like mobile suit fights very much felt like Top Gun almost like very pilot uh, focused Aha. like flying as opposed to just like yeah um, you're embodied in a giant robot that is now like your body is the is the robot's body. It was more like piloting, uh, like piloting a ship almost, which I felt like was really cool. And then the thing, like you were talking about with the the dance of um, Hathaway and Gigi making it through the whole section of the movie where there's the battle happening in the city, is that the mobile suits are scary, and that's something yeah, that I terrifying. really like. Is they're fucking massive. They're they don't look human anymore. They look terrifying to look at. They're they're like crushing stuff and people are dying left and right from fucking rubble falling on them or the shrapnel of like laser blasts is melting shit. Is it it was yeah. wild. It, like and that's something that going out into um the possibility of a live action movie coming out is like I want if there's going to be a live action mobile suit movie, like I kind of want the mobile suits to be scary, kind of like Godzilla or King Kong or something, because I feel like yes. that is a lot easier to do kind of like smoke and mirrors. Like these things are kind of scary as opposed to like, they're just like, I don't know, like super like used like a gun or something. Um, Have you ever seen um, Cloverfield? Yes. 
That would be I I think that a lot of the running scene reminded me of Cloverfield. A little like, bit, right? I like think of what you want of like Cloverfield. Like I personally really liked it just because there's no other movies really like it. Mm-hmm. But the way that they make the monsters seem like so scary by only including it in like uh like the corner of your eye shots or like stuff like that. I felt like the during the chase scene you never really saw the mobile suits from like a top-down perspective. You only saw it from this almost found footage perspective. Yeah, and that did that was so effective to making it seem scary because rather than like, I, I think a lot of the older and like even this even War in the Pocket is guilty of this of just like kind of giving the viewer um like an omnipotent perspective on the battle you know right like i think that's like the word the word they use in writing when like the reader knows everything Mm -hmm. um but it i don't know like they are scary it's like i'm like scared of hummers man like i'm scared (laughs) of like fucking like planes and boats like you should be very scared of a mobile suit yeah but uh, like uh you know to your point simon and michael's point as well that running scene is the war in the pocket reminiscent of al trying to run back to bernie and tell him that he doesn't have to do that yeah. anymore you know absolute helplessness against these massive machines doing what they're doing best right is destruction and uh also the mm-hmm. another parallels the espionage element between war in the pocket and hathaway which was yeah, really yeah, cool yeah. i loved that uh you know hathaway yeah. was doing yeah. his Double agent work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we talked about this a lot, Simon and I did, and then you brought it up in our group text, but this movie is so clearly inspired by James Bond movies. Oh, like, yeah. In so many ways. Um, in, in, it, in my opinion, in the best ways, like, I feel like it does James Bond almost better than a lot of James Bond has done themselves recently because like it opens up with a cold open like a set piece cold open that is incredible with great action and then there's the credits oh, song yeah. which is like in a very emotional like kind of a very weird, James uh, Bondy ballad type kind of song. song yeah and then we jump back absolutely yeah very much like Skyfall or um Spy Who Loved Me like all, like so reminiscent of that type Bro, of music. Adele sing the Gundam song. <laughs> and then um and then we get into the plot, which is like and a lot of times James Bond does this where like James Bond is with the enemy, like with his enemy and pretending to be somebody right. he's not. And that's how he like gets information or he has to like pretend something. And like sometimes you don't really know as the viewer like who the bad guy is and who the good guy is. And then also like the plot is kind of like fluid in the way that like you don't really know what's happening and you don't really know like what characters are saying, like what their words are actually meaning when they're talking to each other. Like the, the plot matters, but it's also like, it doesn't matter that much. What matters is that. Go like, ahead, but I was just going to say, there's no exposition at all. Like it, this, it doesn't hold your hand really this movie. Totally. Yeah. And then like the, Gigi Andalusia as a character is so very Bond girl uh-huh. like in every way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I found it like, I mean, I'm a big James Bond fan. I like grew up on the movies and I love them. So 
for me, like I, all of that really hit well. And I feel like in the Gundam universe, like making an espionage movie, like it really scratched an itch that I didn't know existed. Um, and maybe just like really stoked on, on like the future of this type of movie. To have that itch scratched by an IP that you like, that is already beloved. Like it, yeah. it would be one, like I, cause I was thinking about that because like, what if a really cool anime movie came out that was this exact same pacing, but it was like fighter jets or like, you know, some like sci-fi racer or something like that. Like, it's just, we're so lucky that for whatever reason, we really like Gundam. So we're able to kind of profit more off of these movies than others, just mm -hmm. because we've put in the effort to make ourselves like this, like arbitrary, like weird sci-fi thing that just is really easy to get excited about so it's i don't know when what when a movie there, there's so many fucking like marvel people love marvel the movies are ass but people can still get excited about them mm -hmm. because they've you know de like do like dove headfirst into the whole ip and right. it almost it's doesn't just matter like, it's just like you know even it's if it's just exciting to even, see yeah even if it's just scraps like they love it but like we're not getting scraps like they're not giving us scraps they're giving mm -hmm. us like for, for no reason, because they don't have to do this. Gundam is already a very, you know, fucking... I know Bandai is making a million dollars a second off of us right now. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's cool to see them, like, try hard a movie. Because, like, not that they didn't try hard the stuff in the past. I think that a lot of it was just limitations to animation at the time. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't know. It's cool to see people just, like, try to do something and do a really good job at totally. it. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, like I, one thing I'm wondering about, like, for you, Simon, how did it feel? Like, um, I've seen some modern Gundam, and I know I think Christian's seen some modern Gundam as well. How did it feel for you to see like modern Gundam, or like versus what we've seen up until this point? Because I mean, the most recent thing you've seen is War in the Pocket, which was made in the 80s mm -hmm. i think 80s 90s so how did it feel to see I, something so modern like I, I don't know like how did that, that did well that, how did it feel did it feel natural for me i yeah i think i'm a little um naive in like the anime sense just because i like i kind of still group all anime into one category in my brain a little bit and i don't necessarily know what that category is but i can't watch one anime without thinking of others despite if they're from the same ip but i um like the only other modern anime i've seen is what was it michael your name yeah your name and like i like loved that and i was i i don't like a lot of new animation for some reason like i don't know animation is like really really hit or miss for me um but i actually last night i watched this anime called red line which is on amazon prime i would highly recommend mm. it if you like racing anime or whatever oh, yeah it was Go just like another modern anime and i i was definitely way more um open to watching that after watching this because I love the old style of, like, animation. Like, Ghibli is what I think is, like, the best movie ever. And that very much is in, you know, the 80s style of anime mm -hmm. because it was made in the 80s. Um, but 
seeing how the creators withhold from using technologies that I know exists is really, really good just to elicit like a feeling like it's the same reason why like all artists nowadays don't all just have iPads and you'd procreate. Like there's some artists nowadays that are that like survive off of screen printing or yeah. like, you know, lino cuts or shit like that. Right. It's just knowing it's like jazz, baby. It's all the notes you don't play. Exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. But I I was um I was really skeptical going into it because I thought that they would overdo it like they'd use like mocap or like you know it it would be all three D and they put like a they'd use a shader to make an anime or something like that like all these things that I know would make their jobs easier but they didn't make their jobs easier and just didn't yeah. made made it look um like like it belonged in the same family as what we've been watching I think totally. it's the best use of the medium where. Uh, studios like you said earlier simon thread the needle of uh you know stitching in the cgi in with the actual hand-drawn animation um to where it looks natural or doesn't Mm -hmm. it's not distracting or actually supports the the art and it's, it's just done seamlessly in this movie it's just very fun. It's just very satisfying to watch mm-hmm. for that for that reason alone, much yeah. less everything else. <clears throat> totally. Um, and lastly, I kind of want to touch on, or not lastly, a couple more things I want to touch on, but I want to touch on the story a little bit. Um, Christian, what did you think about the story of Hathaway? Um, and are you kind of looking forward? to the i think there's gonna be two more movies i think are you, are you looking forward to, yes. the, to Ooh, this story to the cool. storyline has it kind of caught you yes I, I will say the first time i watched the movie i was like a little lost in the story i was like wait what happened like what what, what are what's going on and then the second time i watched it i was very much more i, I like really can't wait to see what the character development is like for him over the next two movies um, like, what, what are, like, how are, what is his relationship with his morals going to be? Because, obviously, right, he was a little shaken after that uh, episode in uh, Duval. I think that was the, where all that action happened. Um, you know, and that was to kill those uh, Federation officials. But also there was a lot of collateral damage along the way. And, you know, he even has a little conversation with Kenneth Slag about that that whole situation. He's like, you know, Mafti, if he keeps killing, he doesn't have a, a pot to piss in, you know, in terms of a, a moral stance. So he'll have to die eventually. So, yeah, I think that, that'll be interesting to watch is the character development over the next two movies. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's like such a, obviously this is a manga first, but it is such a good idea from the production standpoint to to flip this on its head again, to like flip the good guys and the bad guys in our perspective yet again, because up to this point, like, I mean, we've seen Federation good guys, Zeon bad guys. And then in Zeta, it's Titans, bad guys, 
um what uh what are the what's the zeta aug yeah a u g good guys and then it's neo zeon bad federation good and then i'm like unicorn it's something we don't we haven't gotten there yet but it, it doesn't really hold bearing over this and then now we're it's mafty is the guy that we're following hathaway's who we're following and is he good is he bad federation seems bad again um yeah it's idealism again on on a different side from a character who we've seen previously but this time it's 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 actually very timely because like there is this new buzzword that's going around actually like i think as a result of the pandemic like Mm eco-fascism where you value the um environment more than like human life Ah. because like that it like came about like when all of these people were like nature is healing and like all that stuff and they're like actually it's the corporations that are polluting it's not like fucking like if we kill all the people like that's it's not, not the solution, yeah, be the solution anyway so. but like that's kind of that's exactly how um you know uh hathaway like views the earth it's just like you're killing the planet so like thus i must kill all the people mm-hmm. um and he doesn't like outright say he wants to like do a genocide i think like no i think evacuate everybody I, yeah i think such, hathaway like, sees himself as a pragmatist he's like you know, Earth's population cannot be supported by Earth alone. People have to migrate into space. That yeah. is the solution, right? You get, you can't let gravity weigh you down exactly. or you know, whatever. Yes, yes. So I think he sees himself as like, why can't people see the truth, you know, of the fact that we can't all stay here? But, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's not far removed from Char's, Char's ideals, though. I mean, uh-huh. in Char's counterattack, his... His ideals are basically like I'm going to force everybody to move to space by making the Earth like so ridiculously hard to inhabit that you're going to have to leave now. Um, and I think the interesting thing about mm-hmm. this story is that we never really hear, at least from my knowledge, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't feel like we really hear Hathaway speak on what he actually believes. Like, we more hear from third parties about what Mafti believes. Like, Mafti wants uh-huh. this, Mafti wants that. And, like, as we know from real life, what people actually believe in versus what people think uh, people believe in is so misconstrued um, and misunderstood. So it's, it is interesting to kind of have this character um, who we're seeing their point of view, but we don't necessarily know where their heart lies on where they want this movement to go. And it kind of seems like he mm-hmm. Hathaway, in my opinion, seems like almost a little bit like a reluctant leader in some ways. Um, but then yeah. also you see his real totally. leadership, his real leadership abilities when he's back on his base and he seems to really command respect and he takes a lot um you know, a lot of responsibility for the, for what they're doing. So I think, I mean, I think the story was really good. I'm excited to watch it again and really dive into um, some of the more nuanced parts of the dialogue. Um, but all in all, I thought, I thought it was pretty exciting and I'm pretty stoked to the fact that um, we'll, we'll get a couple more entries into this uh, trilogy. Uh, and I oh, did yeah. want to touch on one more thing, which was the music. 
Um, Simon, yeah. what was your thoughts on, on the music in the movie? It was so, so beautiful. There was one, I think the highlight for me was they were, when they were first going into um, Mafti's base, and there was this, like, Inception-type beat playing that had a really, really heavy, like, distorted bass. Um, and it was just uh, so cool. Like, I love the aesthetic of, like, Inception-type music being played in big abandoned like concrete buildings and stuff like that like that is just that is i think a now a day's kind of a trope of action movies like blade runner kind of has that blade runner 2079 has that for sure um mm. i can't think of any other movies set near big concrete honestly tenet had that like mm. to bring in chris again um I love the, it, it had action level um, soundtrack, and not to mention all the lyric, uh, the lyrical songs that, like, I don't know, Western movies don't do that, really, where they have, I mean, except for James Bond, James Bond has, like, mm -hmm. special lyric-based songs, but most other action movies are uh, completely instrumental, but the lyric songs, uh, they slapped. It all they slapped. They were in English, and was there Japanese versions of them, too? Probably. I know that like okay. most modern anime movies like Your Name or Weathering With You, they have like the emo songs in English uh, and then they have the emo songs also in Japanese. Um, so I, I would I think I've good, heard different good. versions of them uh, as well. Michael, give me your takes on the music as the resident fucking musician music yeah. man of the group. Yeah, that's the I mean, word. I, I, I love the music. I like thought um like you said it's very like han zimmer fucking inception core inspired um but with a little bit more dynamics in <laughs> like it, like the the levity of the of the lyric songs and the more um yeah vocal based music kind of added a different dimension to it but yeah, I thought that the uh, the song after the cold open was great. ending song the um like basically just like the emo song that like went with the credits i thought i think that song's the really emo good song? <laughs> yeah i've listened to that a couple times uh outside of dude anime mm -hmm. like wrapping up the movie while they're playing an emo oh, song is yeah. so good like when like yeah. the main character is doing like a monologue voiceover being like like we may have lost the battle 
but we'll win the war. And it's just like slowly like panning up to like a sunset while an emo song is playing. And like, it cuts so to all the good. other characters with wind blowing in their hair and they're looking all forlorn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, did you guys have did, did you guys have anything else that you noticed that you kind of wanted to mention before uh before we wrap this uh special bonus episode up? Uh it was very horny and I loved it. Damn, B. Uh, already said it. He said it. Okay, actually let's let's speak on that. I want to speak on that because that, that has been that's okay. been a big topic of discussion within what I've seen on Instagram, like Simon, and I brought up that uh, some people have been posting about it. It wasn't as horny as I thought it was going to be. I'll say that. It could have been hornier, no. but it was, it was like classy horny. horny. Mm-hmm. I wonder if like, I don't get a lot of like sexual fulfillment out of watching like anime girls. Like as much as I joke about it, like I definitely like, I'm rooted in reality when it comes down to it. Or at least yeah. I like to tell myself that. But I feel like this type of movie, like, gives the audience enough tease that if you aren't, like, if you do just, like, fucking love anime girls, there's, like, enough for you there, too. So it did, yeah. like, a... I don't know. Unfortunately, that it was at the expense of kind of treating Gigi like a manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. But all things considered... um. She was just, like, a rich, like, from my understanding, she's just, like, a rich person that has a sugar daddy, you know? So she, like, mm-hmm. is a little bit yeah. of that, like, you know, not super rooted in reality, more rooted in mm-hmm. just, like, I want to go here, I want to go here, I want to go here, like, not a civilian Something per tells se. me we're going to get a, a lot more of her character in the other movies. Like, because she didn't, she seemed... Hondo Manic Pixie Dream Girl, but she also seemed a little more. She like she was keen on certain things. Like she wasn't uh, totally naive uh, in certain respects. She she exactly yeah. Like she's intelligent exactly. Yeah, she seemed to be withholding. Like I feel like she there's more to her than she's allowing. Why is she going to Hong Hong? Like why did she pick Hong Hong? You know, like something's there. But. She also, um, it was, I thought that it was really nice that Hathaway brought up quests many times, as in he's still not quite over that. Yeah. Um, as yeah. well as Chan, I think. Or no, he never brought never. up Chan. Chan is not mentioned directly. anymore. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, I think that there's, there's, I think you and I talked about Chan a little bit, Simon, because I think the report on Hathaway is that he he like downed an enemy, but in real life in Sharp's counterattack, he doesn't kill he any. He killed enemies. a pilot. He killed he kills He his, killed Chan. Like, like who he's supposed to be with. Yeah. He mm-hmm. killed Chan who's supposed to be on the Federation side. So Yeah. He's definitely um probably a probably a nod to that. Stolen valor, uh is what I'll say. Um <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah i think um that's a really good point on gg i think that they're i don't know a little disappointed in her character but i i also think that there is stuff that we're not finding out quite yet and i like the mystery surrounding her character um and kind of the certain parallels mm-hmm. to, to to quests in the way that she is kind of 
um I guess manic pixie dream girl esque. Uh yeah, kind of similar for to sure. Class, but not as annoying. Um and then la- no, definitely not as annoying. I actually found her not annoying at all. Yeah, TG oh, can hang. Yeah, we exactly. do need to talk about the opportunity the opportunity that the movie took to put Gigi and Lucia in streetwear just to sell the Gundam streetwear brand was so clear, but also I loved it. Fucking I loved sick. It so much. Like <laughs> Dude, like I would love to have that jacket. <laughs> I mean like if you've seen the streetwear, that's what it looks like on you. Like Gigi yeah. like didn't like wasn't misleading the viewer. Like if that's mm. what you want to look like, there's uh, there's a service it's that is fashion. offering it. Yeah. For sure, big time. Dude, all anime 100%. fucks with fashion and it rules. If you're not if you're animating something and you're not cued in on fashion, that is a huge opportunity that you're missing out on because totally so much good fashion only stays in the illustration and kind of like mock-up stage of it because you know obviously everything can't get made but i, I love think anime does the, a good job of like staying current i love the jackets that the mafty crew were wearing mm-hmm. the blue ones those mm-hmm. were sick mm-hmm. i want me i want me one of those yeah and fucking all of Gigi's dresses were so good. Like yeah, the one that Gigi she was wearing, is always she showing was going up. out with fuck. But Ken. I don't know. I guess the last thing I wanted to say, my favorite small detail of it is when the Gundam pilots were piloting and you could see the little reticles on the yeah. points of interest, you know? Mm-hmm. That I think they do that a lot in video games to help orient yourself in space. Mm-hmm. And that really helped me orient myself, like orient where all of the mobile suits were in space. And I thought that was like a really good strategy because, like, yeah, in Star Wars, but ba- I don't know if you've ever played Star Wars Battlefront Two. That's exactly how it works, and that's why the space battles aren't ass. Like, they're actually fun to play because you know where stuff is. Yeah, totally. But, it's like mm. a cheat sheet for Anyways. the for the viewer, and it also, yeah, like that again, re- like iterates on the like dogfight kind of version of like mobile suit combat that's happening yeah just top gun fight. like you said yeah yeah um, and we also i got a burning question or i have a question okay yeah go for it sorry what can slug any relation to slugger law what do you guys I think i thought that immediately when i <laughs> heard his name yeah definitely 100 percent uh he's got cousin. the hair he's got the attitude Wait, what's his first yeah. name again? Cousins, at least. Ken. What's his first Ken. name? Kenneth. Oh, Kenneth. Kenneth Slager Law. Mm-hmm. There. That's it. I, I don't know. That's, there it is. That's what we used to do in there middle school. There it is. You're here first. Last name. Um, we also got to see uh, Hathaway going to Jollibee, which is cool that they put an actual restaurant that exists in real life into the into the movie. <laughs> fucking that's, brands. That's fucking brands. Dude, we're going to get a fucking Nissan Gundam before we before we know it. <laughs> um, <laughs> unless unless anyone has anything else to mention, what I'd like to do now is let um Simon 
uh, I'm going to give you the opportunity now to kind of sum up uh, sum up what we just did. And uh, while you do that, I'm going to put some nice emo music underneath <laughs> you. So go ahead and s- sum up the movie. Your th- like uh, <laughs> sum up the podcast. You know, do 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 the ending, and uh, as you do that, yeah. all uh, Christian and I will just have our hair blowing in the wind. <laughs> we'll stand like, out in a can field. Can I like try to? All right, can I say yeah. some like okay? All right, I think I'm ready. Count me down. Okay, uh, yeah, and just uh, in your mind, imagine there's some there's some nice uh, kind of math rock. Yeah, yeah, sunset tans. Yeah, that yeah, there's stuff. People coming meeting up with their parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah like hugs yeah. from long lost family. Right. Hopscotch, and Chris, you know. Yeah, Chris, Christian, I'll just stay silent right. there. So yeah, uh, whenever you're ready. T. All right, all right. Uh, Hot right, toddies. Count, count, count me down from three if that's cool with you. Yeah, yeah. Three, three, two, two one, one. We came in on a plane, but who knows? We would have been staying for so long. I love all of my friends that I met in this big hotel. Ken Slag, <laughs> Gigi, the thirty-fifth <laughs> floor. It should have been called the zero floor for how hard I was falling for you. Just kidding. I <laughs> wasn't falling for you. I have a whole troops up north. Am I Mafty? Am I Halfway? Do I have another name, such as Banksy, that I am not saying yet? Um, I bought a bunch of people in my cool mobile suit that I kept inside of a cylinder in space. And when the cylinder broke, I battled and I attained victory against a mobile suit pilot that we didn't talk about whatsoever during the entire podcast. Don't lay name. No, 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 no. Shut up. Shut up. He's not important. He's not important. Um, As this podcast comes to a close, I just want to look forward to the future and wh- what the future holds for us. The future, the past, the present. That's why they call it the present, because it's a gift. And so is Gigi, is a gift. Slay can suck my cock. I'm Banksy. <laughs> Matthew is Banksy. The end. Was that what you wanted? Yeah, was that what you wanted? Yeah, it was perfect. Alright, cool. Dude, I'm so happy.